Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi. This uh, movie club episode is not live. This is not live. No, I banda. It's just a recording. Hmm. Anyways, welcome to movie club, everybody. <laughs> it's been a while. It's, uh, it's I, been I, a bit. It I think been. we uh, just wrapped up uh, Galaxy Quest. Did we really? Uh, is that yeah. last we time did? we were here? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, everyone. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a million years. It's been a million years. But we're back in the new year. Watched Mulholland Drive, and I am excited to talk about this movie. Yeah, um, I was caught, truthfully, caught off guard when they asked what my movie pick was going to be last time. I had just watched Mulholland Drive, but my plan was not to put anyone else through that, but... You know what? In the moment, it was like that's the first movie. That was like it was like that moment in Ghostbusters. It's like, what's the form of the the destroyer? And he's like, the first thing that comes to mind, marshmallows. So that's what you got. We got a lot of marshmallow to get through today. Yeah, yeah. we definitely do. Mulholland Drive is the movie we watched today. It's a Rocco pick. Yes. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be a Rocco pick if it wasn't a three-hour movie. You know, I feel like Rocco his Rocco's picks are three-hour mindfuck are movies. Are they? <laughs> Or I'm, uh, Daft Punk is an hour. Wait, or they're yeah, that's true. Or they're like Mac and Me. Those are like yeah. your two sides of the coin. You're gonna get a weird artsy movie that I don't understand. You're gonna get a movie that I understand but don't like. Hold on, Michael Jackson Ghosts. It's half an hour. Yeah, I'm that I'm falls into the Mac and Me category. I could go on. <laughs> yeah, mm, definitely. Long and artsy. Yeah, yeah. You, you might have a point there. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, um, but no, this was a movie I really only saw for the first time a few years ago, uh, maybe five years ago, and uh, it made an impression, and I hadn't forgot it, um, and it got re-released recently, and I had seen it, so that's why it was fresh on my mind, so hmm. I was very excited to talk about it. Nice. Um, I think I first saw this movie in like 2005. I was like 20 years uh, old. I remember okay. watching this in, the, in my first apartment. Oh, yeah. And I didn't remember anything from this movie. And I kept yeah. like wondering, like, did I see this movie? I swear <laughs> I saw this movie. Yeah. And watching it now, I remember why I didn't remember any of it. Mm. Yeah. Because what do you latch on to when you when you watch Mulholland Drive and have 20 years to you, let it fade? You yeah. there's one scene. Yeah, I remembered that the I remember <laughs> the homeless guy scene vividly, yeah. word for word, and then yeah. anything outside of that, it was it was like, oh, yeah, Naomi Watts is in this movie. Yeah. I knew she was in the movie. I honestly get these two mixed up with this and LA Confidential. I don't know why. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel like they were marketed very similarly. Maybe the poster yes. has a blonde woman on the cover or something. Blonde woman. And, and I think it's the same kind of street sign and mm. stuff. Yeah. I, I Sean, I, I've had the same thing happen okay, to me before so maybe I at first I thought, oh, I've seen this movie, and then I realized, no, I have not seen this movie. This is the first run for me. Yeah, so. but I had, I, uh, with you though, Derek, I had, uh, well, I had actually never seen the whole movie before, but I had seen the diner part. Uh, year, I think Garrett had played it at his house. Uh, we went over there for something. When we when we kind of like first went over there, maybe, and I was just like, fuck is this? Yeah, this scary. is a Garrett movie. Oh, yeah. You know, I he was the first that. person to tell me about it. It's David Lynch. So yeah. yeah, he told me all about it. I don't know if I understand David Lynch at all. I don't know if I me and him are on the same wavelength. You know, I think he's above me. You gave a good review to Elephant Man. Yeah. Yeah, you liked Elephant Man. Elephant Man was yeah, so more straightforward than this, I think. 
Ah, uh, maybe we just need to watch more David Lynch films maybe. until you uh, unlock maybe the your Lynchian brain. I feel like he was dumbing down stuff in Elephant Man. <laughs> you know, yeah, he was speaking to me. Like I'm gonna make a dumb idiots. movie for these idiots you, called Elephant Man. You know what's funny, Sean, is he's got a lot of movies like this. I mean, the way that Mulholland Drive feels, you know. But around the same time, he did a movie called The Straight Story. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, we're not, we don't need another David Lynch movie right now, but you should watch that next. Mm. I think it's on Disney Plus because after he did all this kind of stuff, he's like, I got to do just a fun, like a heartwarming movie. And he did a movie about a guy trying to find his brother and he drives a tractor around the country mm. trying to find his brother. And it's the most straightforward movie. It's a straight story. Um, there you go. But we're not going to talk about that. Not today. Um, I, you may not believe me when I say this. I actually do think this this movie is one of his more straightforward movies. Not saying it entirely is mm. or that it's immediately whatever, but more straightforward than Elephant Man? More not more than that, mm. but still <laughs> on that side more than his more like indecipherable stuff on the other end of the spectrum. Okay. But I'll I'll get into that as we go. Um mm. damn. Yeah. You know what? I had a prop for this movie. What was it's it? In my prop? office. Can I go get it real quick? Yeah. You guys, sure. you guys, yeah. Just go. Uh, he's going to do prop comedy. I, I didn't know. What, what do you think he's going to get? I think it's going to be, ooh, I'm scanning through the movie here. I um, think he's going to come back with a, I think he's going to come back with a knife. I think he's going to have the baby from Eraserhead. Uh, like he watched uh, all oh, of Oh, I know what he stuff. has. Okay. Real quick. I'm going to tell a quick story. If it's you nothing don't. from the movie. It's not a prop. Oh, it's okay. not. Oh, okay. Um, so I, it's hard to find it's a stream. I couldn't just like stream it on a normal service. Oh, really? That's interesting. I didn't know So that. I was like, I was in a thrift store, like, ah, let's look at their DVDs. Let's see if they have Mulholland yeah. Drive. Yeah. Why would they have Mulholland Drive? Of course yeah. not. So I'm going through looking. It's all the same, like American Pie 4, you know, that shit. Yeah. Then I notice on the floor, there is this like a whole bunch of thin paper, thin, laminated things yeah. and I look and it's like these are all just fucking like movies but it's like Schindler's List and it's yeah. like Last of the Mohicans and then the very last one Mulholland Drive Whoa. they fucking wow. had it and not only that I have the official if you look at the label the Long's Drugs store copy Whoa. those of you who remember extra scenes, those of you remember Long's Drugs free ice cream, who maybe. used to rent out movies <laughs> I got the Mulholland Drive from that. That's so I now incredible. own Mulholland Drive. Do nice. I want the disc or not? I don't know, but I own it. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, I was excited that I found it out of the store. What are the odds? Yeah. Nice. Anyways, that's my story. We can talk about the movie now. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we're going to get into it. If you haven't seen Mulholland Drive, we're going to be spoiling it. We have a plot synopsis here. Not really so much a plot synopsis, actually. Yeah. I was just taking notes as I was watching the movie, <laughs> describing the scenes as they were coming to me. Yeah. I actually disagree with Rocco. I don't think this is a straightforward movie at all. Yeah. I feel like this movie is impossible to understand with just one viewing. And if, all, yeah. if that's all you have going into it, you're going to walk away from this movie with nothing but confusion. I, yes, agree with you. I am so confused. Rocco said that he'd be able to explain to me what happened in the movie here. Yeah. Well, so I'm excited. I can explain to you what happened in the movie. Okay. And, and, and yeah, and I want to say my, my first viewing experience was for me, yeah, watching it when, when it was over going, what the fuck did I sit through? 
But I felt like, no, there's something here. There's definitely something here. And I said this to you, Sean, but it, I think this was on like Halloween or the day before Halloween. I am, this is a rare movie where I immediately played it again. I watched it again because I really like David Lynch. And I was like, I know there's more to this than just what I saw. And that was when it started to click. So that's mm. when I really started to like it. But anyway. Yeah, uh, I uh, I watched this movie and then I had to watch like an analysis, a breakdown of the film right. and and need honestly needed somebody to unpack it and explain it to me. Uh, and then it was like, oh, OK. And I could see. I could see the story finally once it was revealed to me. And it actually was very, to its credit, very interesting, very smart, very well done. But yeah, how you would get that yeah, on your first viewing. Totally. Uh, I, I don't think that's possible. Yeah, and yeah, I that's definitely had to watch it a second time. A shame. And I always say a shame. Obviously, people love this movie. This is like, I think, a, a cult classic or maybe it's a classic. I don't know. I just feel like Naomi Watts is so fucking great in this movie. Yeah. Like... There's a couple of scenes I'll get into later that like my I was like, fuck, this girl's great. Yeah. And I kind of feel like it's too weird to enjoy how good she is. You know, <laughs> do you want me to just should, should we go through it straightforward or should I just reveal it to you in a way let's, where it suddenly makes sense to let's, you? I, I feel like do that. I feel like let's get the gist of it. The gist of the movie first. First. Okay. Yeah, but okay. that will make it more enjoyable, obviously, for the people following along. But we're gonna lose all the confusion you I have of yeah. what yeah. the fuck is going. And and what but, I can only imagine was pure anger during your viewing experience. <laughs> I mean, I do have a report from Garrett. I was in my office watching this. Who he kept saying fuck this. Yeah, fuck. I mean, I think I have because I was just taking notes as I was watching. And at yeah. certain points, I think I just write down like, "How you doing, Sean?" <laughs> How are you sitting with this movie right now? <laughs> so I'll definitely call those out when we get okay, to those moments. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'll leave it up to you. Since no, you're, I said, you're the one who's still in the dark about what's going on here. What I know, what's much more entertaining for people who haven't seen it at home? What's better for them? I don't know. I don't know. Tell you what, well, yeah. I'll do a, I'll do a couple of the opening scenes and then I'll reveal it. Thank to you, you, thank you. So the movie starts uh, with. A dance sequence. Oh, I was going to... Yeah. That was my first note. My first <laughs> note. Hold on. But if you haven't seen the movie, let me describe it. It's not a normal dance sequence. It's on green screen, and it is just layered and layered and layered of... It's like the iPhone commercials uh, that they used to do, I, iPod yeah. commercials that they used to do back or, in the early 2000s, but from hell. Yeah, or like, honestly, old Gap commercials around yeah. that time looked look like that. What I... My first note was, what the fuck is it with the <laughs> 90s and swing dancing? God, yeah. that was annoying. And not only that, <laughs> I'm guilty of this. I remember in uh, high school, I had to do a, uh, uh, a, another PE class. And all of like, these friends of girls of mine did swing dancing. Like, I'll just do that then. So I did a swing dancing class myself in the 90s. Yeah. What the fuck was with swing dancing? Um, we uh, the movie Swing Kids came out. Is that it? Is yeah. that movie such a hit? that? I think the 90s was the 50-year anniversary of yeah. World War II. Yeah. And so everything from the 40s was, was kind of popular. Was Banging in the '90s, you know, yeah. like those big trousers and zoot suits right. from the yeah. '40s, Trey Pop and Daddy yeah, shit, yeah. And swing music, and um, obviously like World War II movies and stuff. Yeah, we yeah. watched on our tour. We watched uh, that movie Swingers, 
Mm-hmm. And that that it now I know I remember when I was younger that was like yo watch that that's a cool movie Rocco that's a cool movie that shit was embarrassing watching sucks. it now is, uh, you and yeah. me man the bottle makes well, three tonight maybe it's we like, talk about man. swingers in, a, in another episode yeah. of movie club but anyways fuck, fuck swing dancing uh <laughs> this is nice we're twelve minutes into this episode we've covered the first Sorry. five seconds Sorry. of the film I'll, I'll stop shut up. <laughs> Uh, so it's green screen swing dancing, and then we cut to Naomi Watts showing up in like a weird room. And my note is okay, this is going to be a weird movie, right? Like out mm-hmm. the gate. Then we have a woman being driven down a road in a in a limousine, and they pull over and they pull a gun on her, like she's about to get ditched out in the middle of the road. She's like, we don't or robbed or, or something. Or robbed. It's yeah. not very clear. But then a couple of other people in a car in a joyride crash into this car in a head-on collision. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the and then the movie kind of just gets out. She like gets out of the car. She starts wandering through Los Angeles, and everything has this dreamy haze. Yeah. And I was just feeling like at this point, knowing nothing about the movie, wondering this dreamy haze. Is this like a fantasy? Is this all in somebody's head? Is she dead? Is this a David Lynch? common theme here yeah um yeah so i guess to reveal the big thing about this movie mm-hmm. most of this movie not all of it i would say 90 percent of this movie takes place in the mind of a crazy person and oh. what you're seeing okay is the hallucinations of a crazy person played by naomi watts so so Naomi Watts is having a mental breakdown yeah. in this movie, and you're watching it unfold. And yeah. uh, and to be real, that's not fucking clear throughout the entire movie. So, <laughs> but once you realize that, you go back and watch it, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's this totally nonsense cool. actually makes sense. So, uh, yeah. The second portion of the movie, Sean, there's a point. With, with the, the cube. The, right. The we can unpack it as we go. Sure, sure. Yeah. Sure. But I feel like that's all you need to know. What you're watching is the fantasy of a crazy woman as she's having a mental uh, break with reality. Okay. I don't, Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if she's crazy as much as she's, yeah, she's snapped. She's broken. I mean, I guess that. Ah. Uh, Falls under the same. Uh, okay. <laughs> I have more questions, but we'll get into that as the movie, we go into the plot more. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, do you want to explain more than that? Do you want uh, to? No, really just, I mean, up to that point, they open that box from that point on is real life. That's it, the real. And the stuff. story is sort of told in reverse. You see her actual life in the second chunk of that movie. And the previous portion of it is all fantasy kind of at during the breakdown. But even that is not enough because we're t- now we're talking about the end of the movie, but it's all out of order, basically. Mm-hmm. It, do- it does weird stuff with time. Mm-hmm. But I think the, what you need to know to kind of make sense of all this is this is all happening in somebody's head. Mm. Okay. All right, so keep that in mind as we okay. talk about these coming scenes. Okay. All right, so uh, this woman is just like walking through Los Angeles, the woman who survives the car accident and the gun being pulled on her, and she just finds a like a bush and like passes out. Um, And then there are like these investigators at the car wreck and they are just acting really weird. And they're saying like, we know someone is out here, of course. And the dialogue is all like really bad throughout Mm. this movie, Mm -hmm. throughout this part of the movie. It's all like really 
trashy. And so yeah. is the acting, honestly. It's all like very like, this is weird. It's like, yeah. it, it, you definitely felt something was off here. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And, uh, but apparently that's all on purpose. I, I assumed it was, but interesting. Okay. Um, I missed this, but I guess they asked, they find like a pearl earring and they say like, was anybody wearing a pearl ear- earring? And that's like a clue to like solving this mystery. Cause later on I was watching, I was reading some stuff and, and David Lynch said, if you want to know a clue to solving this mystery, pay attention to the pearl earrings. Huh? So I don't know. They find one I at this, yeah, they find one at this car accident. They talk about it, but I don't think they ever mention it again. Yeah. Can't hmm. remember that. Um, the... Uh, the girl is like, she wakes up, she goes into a house and then she falls asleep. And then we come to this really famous scene of this movie, the, um, diner scene with the homeless person. Mm-hmm. To me, this is like the most famous scene in the movie. And yes. if, if you're not understanding this movie, you're just watching it for the first time. This will be probably the only I thought I had part it. that is <laughs> like a move, like a, a really enjoyable movie. Yeah. I don't even know if it's enjoyable. It's just scary. It's scary. It's creepy, but it's, unique. it's just good filmmaking. It's yeah. unique. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about this? These yeah, scenes here? it was funny. This was the part where like, I, I saw what they were doing. I saw what he was doing and I was like, oh, this would be fucking scary. I know it. And it truly was horrific. Yeah. And it's a, it's the whole, the shot of like going around the corner, but purposely not showing you anything on the other side yeah. and getting so close first person. It's like, oh, this is going to be fucking scary. Yeah. And I didn't. I couldn't fathom how scary it was going to be. That was it a burnt witch or was it a bum covered in shit? Like, I don't know yeah. what it was. <laughs> Whatever it was scared the shit out of me. Yeah. I have thoughts about what it was. We'll, I'll, we'll talk about maybe at the end. Okay. But uh, that's always been one of my favorite scary scenes ever. I've never been a horror person. I've never been a I hate jump scares. To me, this scene has always been the definitive example of how to do a good jump scare, a great jump scare, where it's like, yo, we're telling you it's coming. Like, we are telegraphing you for fucking five minutes. Yeah. And, and, and what David Lynch does such a good job with is finding terrifying things in, in completely mundane ways. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? It's not like this is a fucking scary-ass haunted house or fucking, it's not in the darkness. It's not... There's not fucking cobwebs. This is like during the day behind a diner and you just don't want to walk back there. And it feels that that dreamlike feeling that this movie has. I really that's what I really connected with. Even when the he, first time the I person it. pops out and then the dude collapses, it's just yeah. like silence. Yeah. And yeah. that's also unnerving. It's yeah. all very well done. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, basically the scene is two characters, two guys sitting in a diner and one of them says to the other, I called you here today because I keep having this reoccurring nightmare that you and me are at this diner and we're both scared and you go over to that counter over there and you're looking at me sitting here and we're both scared and we don't know why. And I realize it's because there's a man behind the downer, the diner who's doing it to us, quote unquote, doing it to us, making us scared. And he's like, and I can see his face like through the wall. And I hope I never see that face again in real life. And then the guy's like, you want to confront your dream. Okay. And he gets up and he goes to the counter. And then we kind of kick off this series of events. There was one shot and it was such a subtle little thing. I think subtle, 
But like when the guy gets up, you'll see his breakfast and he hasn't touched a bite of it. It's just like he's just too nervous to eat. It's yeah. just like a full plate of food. And he's just like so scared. And it was yeah. just well done. Yeah. Well, I will just remind you that this takes place inside the mind of a woman who's losing touch with reality. Which that is where I'm confused. Like, how does this come into play? How does this? Yeah. What? Why? Well, she's not even here. We'll get to it later. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but that homeless guy is representative of something mm. in her psyche. Yes. Who knows? Okay, so in the... Um, where are we here? Then we call, like, this weird little man who's in a security office, and it's like uh, the girl is still missing. And it's a montage of phones ringing, and then um, we cut to, like, uh, the airport in Los Angeles, and Naomi Watts's character, Betty, has just arrived in Los Angeles, and she wants to be an actress. And she's there with like some two older people, maybe the relatives of hers. Or maybe I think for me, I got a sense that people she met on the plane became friendly with. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's not quite clear, but they are very uh flattering of her. Like, oh Betty, you're gonna make it in Hollywood. We can't wait to see you on television. Mm. And it has like this warped kind of 50s soundtrack. Um, it's very like leave it to beaver very yeah. again like later on i realized this is purposely supposed to be like a warped fantasy yeah, yeah. in the moment i was like this movie sucks <laughs> <laughs> this dialogue is trash like this is really corny i'm i don't know what's going on here yeah um yeah anything else you guys want to add mm. to that part no i mean twin peaks kind of plays with that too where twin peaks is meant to be like this town almost kind of shouldn't exist it's so like sweet you know what i mean mm. and so they'll have people that are like that. They act that way. Yeah. And so that's definitely a David Lynch uh, signature. I guess originally but. this movie was going to be a, a sequel to Twin Peaks. Uh, Kind of. Well, it was a TV. Yeah, there was a TV pilot. And parts of this movie are from that pilot. Yeah. Oh. Mean, he's never said which parts, but... um, I think I know which parts. But kind of spun off from Twin Peaks. I think I know which of. parts. Oh, yeah. How is this going to be a TV show? That's uh, weird. I think that, well, I don't know how it was going to be a TV show, but Naomi Watts was cast in the TV show. Yeah. And she said that she enjoyed the movie better than the TV pilot because the, the movie had the darker side of her character yeah. added into the second half of the film. Yeah. So I think that the, that the TV pilot probably would have ended with the box opening up and yeah. they go into it and just cut to black maybe, and, and then go to credits or yeah. something. Yeah, maybe. Uh, by the way, if you're ever bored, you want a good laugh, look up David Lynch explaining when he pitched it to the network. Like, they gave him, obviously, he got the money to film the pilot. But when the executives watched the pilot, yeah. it was one dude, they had him come in, like, you're, I've got a full day, you're gonna have to come in at, like, 6.30 in the morning. They brought it in, and they said the, the exec was on his phone the whole time. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, yeah, just play it, just play it. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it ended, and he just went like, yeah, no, we're not picking that up, and walked out. <laughs> There's a whole story with it, and it's really, really good. Whoa. Nice. I can't imagine uh, showing anybody that. Anyway. So Betty moves into an apartment that looks like a haunted house. It looks like where the Munsters live. Uh, <laughs> she meets this old woman, like this old classic Hollywood. Like, Yeah. Uh, she, she's like this, this stereotype of the woman who always wanted to be famous in Hollywood but never made it or mm -hmm. maybe made it but then is washed up, and now she runs an apartment complex. Yeah. And as she's introducing Betty into the house, she tells her this weird story like, oh, do you have pets? We used to have a guy who used to have a kangaroo here. You'd never know. You wouldn't believe what that kangaroo did to this courtyard, which was like, 
I don't know. I'm watching this movie feeling like obviously there's clues yeah. and things being sprinkled all around here. Yeah. References to a kangaroo court. Um, you know, this 50s homemaker thing. By the way, yeah. I Google searched what is a kangaroo court and it's an unofficial court held by a group of people in order to persecute somebody despite good evidence. So when you just force somebody to be guilty, hmm. even though you don't have any evidence to prove it. Okay. That's yeah. a kangaroo court. Um, yeah. Betty uh, is basically moving into an apartment that is she's borrowing from her aunt. Her mm-hmm. aunt supposedly is off in Canada filming a movie. We learn later. Uh, but in this apartment, she finds the girl from the car accident sleeping in there. Um, thinking it's the aunt's friend. (laughs) Yeah. This woman is like in the, in the shower naked. Uh, she said she just survived a car accident, but Betty really doesn't seem to be phased by this at all. The fact that this woman is here or that Mm. there's been a supposed car accident. She doesn't seem to care. Um, this woman tells her that her name is Rita. I think she looks at like a poster with like Rita Hayworth That's on it. Exactly what happens. Yeah. Steals the name, says her name is Rita. And she has no memory of anything. Yeah. 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 So, and then uh, we kind of get this story like, oh, yeah, my aunt's off in Canada. You must be her friend. Let's hang out. Then we cut to this scene where these big suits in Hollywood are having a meeting with this Hollywood director played by Justin Thoreau. Who I didn't recognize because he's like so young in this movie. <laughs> yeah. The glasses yeah, too. I didn't ever know he was in this until I first watched it and was like, oh, what a treat. I've always liked him. Yeah. I think he's great. Yeah. So good movie. So there's a scene <laughs> where they try to force him. They, he's like a director and they're like, you're going to recast your lead with this girl. Uh, and then I wrote, if I described the scene as the stare down and espresso challenge. <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, Sean, you want to talk about the espresso scene? What the fuck? It was... So unnerving. Everything is so weird. And it's just the guy taking the sip and then just into the napkin. It's just so fucking gross. Like, and they're all so nervous. About, yeah, uh, you know, this is the kind of thing where it's like, you're telling me a story and you're telling me nothing at the same time. Like it is like, everyone's so nervous and it's such a thing. And he spits the thing out. Like, I'm so sorry. And it's like, I don't, I want to care about this, but I can't because I don't know what the fuck is happening. Uh, um, I was just going to say, uh, going back to the, like the kind of the corny acting and all the things in this kind of uh, dreamy part of the movie. Um, another thing David Lynch does really well is he casts non-actors to play parts. So it just has a weird tone to it. Mm-hmm. And the guy spitting out the espresso is the he's just the music composer for the. You know, he did music for I think uh, Christmas Vacation. Oh hell yeah, and, and, and Twin Peaks. But um, anyway, yeah, another example of just having a you know weird, just a weird cast. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, his name is Angelo Badalamente. Yeah, great mm. composer. Mm. Uh, and great espresso spitter. Yeah, even better. Um, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, these I guess they're mobsters. They're yeah. trying to force Justin Thoreau to put this leading lady. Yeah into his movie um and basically this is part of the fantasy again that's taking place in the main character's mind Mm -hmm. okay this basically and let's let's break it down here betty has come to los angeles because she wants to be a famous actress right but we're seeing that behind closed doors in los angeles it's all like a big conspiracy about who gets the doesn't matter how good you are really it's just yeah whatever okay yeah yeah that's like a reoccurring theme throughout this movie Mm -hmm. um 
Justin Theroux, the director, gets into a fight with these gangsters and basically gets fired from the movie. And at the end of this meeting, he goes downstairs and takes a golf club. He's walking around with a golf club and he smashes up these guys' car and then speeds off. Mm-hmm. I heard that that uh, is based on Jack Nicholson actually doing that. Yeah, I heard smashing some like dude's that. car with a golf club. Yeah, yeah, I looked that up, and it wasn't like he got fired from a movie set. Somebody just cut him off, Jack Nicholson, <laughs> oh, uh, on, on the road. So he just got out of his car and smashed up. Can there. you imagine? It, not only that it happens to you, but then it's Jack Nicholson who does it. Like a- that's something. A- apparently, Jack Nicholson paid that guy five hundred thousand dollars. Whoa! Uh, and gave him a personal <laughs> apology. Cool. Said, "Sorry, I've been stressed out lately." I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. So after this happens and the director gets fired and smashes up the car, we again go to this little room where this little guy, there's, there's this guy. We don't know who he is. They call him Mr. Roke. Is he the king of Hollywood? I don't know. Wait. He's like a little person and he's in a wheelchair. He's kind of strange looking. Yeah. I don't know. He sits in an empty. Is he in all of David Lynch's stuff? I feel like he's in other stuff. Twin Peaks, right? He was in a lot of his early stuff. But then at one point, this guy went nuts and started saying weird shit. Oh. Well, he says weird shit in this movie. <laughs> yeah. He seems like the god of all Hollywood who's, who sits in a glass case all day. But doesn't yeah. say words and people try to interpret what he means by not yeah. saying words. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, he basically tells everybody to, quote, shut everything down. So, I don't know. Um, then we cut to a scene. This is a funny scene. I, I I felt like this is probably the scene where Rocco fell in love with the movie first time he watched it. I don't know. It's this hitman who wants to steal a black book from another guy. Yeah. And he, he kills this guy, but ends up botching the murder and, and ends up having to kill like two other people just and to cover so, his tracks. Like, sh- like poorly done. And it's, it is kind of funny where it's just like he shoots through the wall Goes to the wall and hits some woman. He has to go kill her. It's just a whole thing. The, the woman thinks she was stung by a bee. Well, he shoots a guy <laughs> and he's trying to make it seem like a suicide, like he's staging a suicide. But while he's doing that, the gun accidentally goes off again yeah. and goes through the wall and shoots the neighbor. When they're talking about the car accident, I was thinking, like, are they referring to the one in the beginning of the movie the guy's laughing at? Or, like, is this a, just another car accident? You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. And all of this is taking place in the mind of a crazy person, of a crazy person. Okay. So it doesn't matter. No, it does matter. <laughs> okay. It's that all of every, all of this is part of the same fantasy. Right. So you're seeing things reoccur because it's almost like a dream state. Like characters seem to all be talking about the same thing, but they're not talking about the same thing. Right. Characters seem to know each other, but there's no way that they could know each other logically, but mm-hmm. yet they do because this is all, it's the way dreams work. You know, like people are in the wrong places and, Characters change to be, you know, your dad is your brother and or whatever. Right. Dream logic. Okay. So, yeah, it's I think I actually think it's pretty smart looking back on it that he does make you think these things like, are they talking about the car crash from the beginning of the movie? Is right. this something different? It's making you feel a little confused. Yes, for sure. Um, What do you think about the uh, the the hit scene? Well, again, I, I didn't. This guy played Jacob in Lost and I was also pleased to see him in this Mm -hmm. uh and yeah the fact that they made the funniest scene out of three people being murdered was just again classic david lynch thing where it is completely subverting how you should feel you know at that moment and yeah it was it was cracking me up so yeah i love this scene (laughs) all right nice as i predicted uh he's kind of a bumbling hitman um I 
should we should we reveal more of the plot to yeah. you to kind of explain more Please. of what's going on? Yes. Uh, as far as I know, and maybe I have this wrong, Rocco. Maybe mm-hmm. you can correct me or mm-hmm. fill in any gaps. This movie is about Betty Naomi Watts. Her name isn't really Betty though. Yeah, it's Diane. Whatever it is, her real name. Just, just I think it's easier just to think of her as Naomi Watts, yeah. the blonde yeah, girl. Sure. Yeah. She has come to Hollywood uh, to be an actress. Mm-hmm. Her dreams have failed, and she has entered into a relationship with another actress. Okay. Brown hair girl. And that, the other this girl. This is real. This is what has this happened. Is what re- this is what happened in real life. Okay, got yep. it. Before the movie Before happened. Before the movie happened. And that girl who she has fallen in love with has gotten all these roles, all the roles that she wanted. Right. And then, as we see later in the movie, has now announced that she is either going to marry this director or right. have a baby with him. We don't know. Yeah. Right. Naomi Watts... So jealous of her lover now marrying this director puts out a hit to kill her. Right. Yes. But this guy. With this guy. Yes. Puts out a hit to this kill her. This the hit man. Yeah. yeah. But doing that causes her to have so much guilt. She has a mental break mm. and enters into a fantasy where maybe the hit didn't happen. She enters into a fantasy where the where the woman doesn't die. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it becomes yeah. confusing. Like, why didn't she die? How is she still alive? We don't know. It's this whole yeah. big mystery. All, all and of, that's what Mulholland Drive is. Yeah. All of these scenes is her are is her just trying to reconcile what the fuck she did. Um and the, again, these are just interpretations. Yeah. And, I, and some I've heard people say, and some of them are just my own, and maybe they don't match up. But like this scene with him bumbling around getting the, the murders wrong, you know, like, oh, I accidentally did that. Oh, I accidentally killed that guy. To me, what that was, I took that as like she's seeing this hitman fuck up, like maybe in her head, it's like, yeah, maybe he didn't do it. Like maybe he fucked up, you know, like, yeah. like, like. Like telling her brain almost to don't take it so seriously, you know, okay. kind of like in her mind, he's kind of a bumbling idiot. And honestly, David Lynch is kind of a genius because we're just the audience watching this being like this guy. This is kind of a funny scene. Yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. this guy is kind of a dumbass. It's not right. that serious. You know? uh, but this is actually what Betty or Diane, whatever her name is, yeah. Naomi Watts. This is what her fantasy is about hmm. later on in the movie. Uh, Rocco's already said this. Later on in the movie, they find this box. They open it up. And then we kind of see the reality of what's going on. Okay. And we see a scene of Naomi Watts hiring this guy to kill her friend. Right. We do see that. Yeah. And he has that book with him there. And I saw this analysis that was like, so she saw the book in real life and in her fantasy made that book some big thing that was important to him that he had to go get. But he's so dumb, like he fucks up going to get it. Yeah. This is all just her hoping that maybe that she maybe the, the hit, hit didn't failed. Happen. Yeah, because she's jealous of this girl, but she's also was dating her and yeah. kind of loves her. And, you know, it's all very torrid and emotional. And even what the scene we were talking about a minute ago with the all the executives and all the 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 weird looking dude in the back room saying, you know, like it's all the shady powers that be casting this movie. And again, I think that's her trying to justify like, yeah, that must be why she got the part. Yeah. It's that a conspiracy. Might, you know, there, there's a conspiracy, talent. you know, this is a, this is a, a person who is not well trying to reconcile all these things that happened. I see. Yeah. So later on in the movie, uh, well, all throughout the movie, you'll see a theme of like talent not being recognized and yeah. people who suck getting promoted and yeah. the really talented people being overlooked. Yeah. Um, mm. 
so yeah, gosh, I forgot where we are. Oh yeah, the assassination <laughs> scene. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let me let me try to find back. I fucking lost my place. That's here. perfectly acceptable in this episode, I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So then we go back to the scene, and Betty's talking to her aunt, and basically is telling her like, "Yeah, your friend is here," and she tells her like, "That's not my friend. Like that person's not supposed to be here." And she goes and she talks to Rita, and Rita confesses, "I don't know who I am. I have amnesia." And Betty says, well, maybe we can find, uh, if we look in your purse, we'll find some identification or something of who you are. They open up the purse and it's filled with money and it has this strange blue key. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's yeah, it. We, uh, yeah. we don't really know. Then we go back to that hitman, and he's with his junkie friends, and he picks up this street girl who's like a hooker, and she kind of looks like Naomi Watts. The movie's really jumping all over the place here yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um, they uh, Adam, the director, says he's going home, but his assistant wants him to like come because everybody on the movie set is getting fired because you know they're shutting everything down. Um, I don't know. The movie like is real like hard to follow at this point. It's going yeah. all over the place. Then he does go home, and his wife is cheating on him with Billy Ray Cyrus, of all people. <laughs> that comes in just a second. But okay. yeah, yeah, we yeah. can go to that. He does go home, and he finds his wife is cheating with the pool cl- pool boy, Billy Ray Cyrus. Um, He gets into a fight with his wife. He, like, takes all her jewelry, covers it with paint. Billy Ray beats him up. Um, Fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> Becky and Rita remember something about Mulholland Drive. Rita has like, she conjures some memory. Something happened on Mulholland Drive. And they think, well, maybe we can call the police and ask them for a police report if anything happened on Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they do that. Um, and it's like, yeah, an accident happened. And then they hang up. They go back to this news. Uh, they go back to this diner, the diner that the homeless guy was at, which, by the way, it's called Winkies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that was supposed to be Denny's. Yeah, but it was like Denny's to me. Yeah, I thought for legal Denny's. purposes, they had to change the name to Winkies. Yeah, you know, I like the, the the name tag. It was a Denny's name tag. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, this part feels like a cool kind of mystery. They uh, find a newspaper to see if they can find any names uh, about the accident. Mm-hmm. And while they're in the diner, they see a name tag that says Diane, and it conjures another memory for Rita, and she right. remembers the name Diane Selwyn. They look up the name in the phone book and they find the address and they decide to go down there uh, and check it out. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, Adam, the director, is now he's like left his house because his wife is cheating on him. He goes to a hotel, but his bank account has been canceled because the mafia is like canceling all his accounts and stuff. Um. He calls his assistant. This is a good part of the movie. He calls his assistant to be like, yo, they're cutting, they're shutting off my bank accounts. And they're like, yeah, some guys have been looking for you. They say like, you're in trouble, but if you want to fix it, we want to set up a meeting with the cowboy. Yeah. So if you want to meet the cowboy, let me know and I'll let the cowboy know and he'll meet you at this ranch at the top of this canyon. Yeah. Um, What you said earlier about, did I fall in love with this movie during the assassin scene? This was actually the mo- the mo- the scene. The cowboy. For some reason, this scene has a thing about it that I was just like, "All right, I love this." What, what I'm in. It was at the light going on, and then the cowboy saying really weird things and like the worst acting. Yeah, and he's got no eyebrows. Yeah, it's fucking weird yeah. and creepy. And then all of a sudden, he leaves and the light goes away. Yeah, oh, I get that. I was loving it. I was like, "All right, that I'm seems in. like a Rocco thing to me." <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah, the whole ca- scene with the cowboy. 
It's so, I thought about this a lot since the movie was over, and it's just like, if you do good, you'll see me one more time. Yeah. If you do bad, you will see me two more. It's like so fucking ambiguous. So this is actually, again, all of this is happening inside Naomi Watts' mind. Let's keep that in mind. The cowboy is not actually talking to Adam. He's actually talking to Naomi Watts. Okay. So the cowboy has this scene where he basically shows up and he starts asking this director, Adam, all these philosophical questions. The main question is, do you agree with this statement? A man's attitude will largely determine how his life will be. Do you agree with that? And he goes, uh, yeah, I agree with that. And he goes, well, you must not be somebody who cares about the good life. Mm-hmm. Basically telling him he has a bad attitude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's basically like a veiled mafia hitman. And he yeah. tells him, tomorrow you're going to go hold casting auditions. You can cast whoever you want. But when the girl for the main role comes up, you're going to cast the girl we told you to cast. He says, if you do good, you will see me one more time. And if you do bad, you will see me two more times. It's also interesting that he has to say, this is the girl. Yeah. He has to say that. This is the girl. Yeah. And again, this is all part of the fantasy that Betty is having because she is not the girl. Right. She wants to be the girl. She wants to hear the words, this is the girl. Um, I will say that Adam doesn't see the cowboy again for the rest of the movie, Mm -hmm. but the cowboy does show up two more times in the movie. Yep. I didn't realize that. And all of this is a fantasy inside Betty's head. I, know, I remember yeah. him one more time. I can't think of the second time he shows up. Okay. He uh, walks by at the party. Oh. That, in the background. That dinner party, Sean, at the end of the movie, not to go too far yeah. ahead, that dinner party, half the cast of this movie are just people who are at that party. And they're and they manifest in her dreams. Like this dude who's there's a dude at the party drinking coffee, and that's the dude who spits up. The oh. espresso with the thing. It's all things that just work their way into her dreams and stuff like that. Does that really happen? And it's all dream didn't... logic. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Basically, uh, I'm going to kind of skip a lot of the filler here. <laughs> they go to Diane Selwyn's house. They knock on her door. They find a woman there, and she says, I'm not Diane Selwyn. Diane traded apartments with me. She's actually in that apartment over there. They go to that apartment over there. They break in and they find a dead body inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diane Selwyn is dead. Very gross looking too. Yeah. Um, why don't you guys talk about that while well, I find the next part? Really to talk quick about. question. I want to talk about a thing before that. Yeah. Is the scene where Naomi Watts has been like rehearsing her audition with Rita. Yeah. And it's super bad and cheesy and whatever. Yeah. Then she gets to the audition, which I took a, I have a screen cap of. Oh, right. And this is the scene where it's like, she is incredible. Yeah. Like she yeah. was able to. She's really good. Like yeah. she's really good in this scene. But to see the juxtaposition of her being like, oh hi, hello, it's me, hi, Betty, and then like she goes into the scene that's like, not even the same person anymore. It's so fucking great. And the guy's being so scummy and like, we're gonna do this one close, yeah. yeah. And then it's like, oh, this poor girl. And then she just. Yeah fucking knocks out of the park and like makes him uncomfortable. Yeah, he yeah. also says things like, uh, we're going to do it like we did with the other girl, the dark haired girl. Mm-hmm. This is all fantasy inside her mind. Right. So it's like, did they already audition the other girl that she's jealous of? Right. And we're going to play it close. Like, did she sleep with him to get the part? Like these people are very predatory. Mm-hmm. This is also yeah. commentary on Hollywood in general. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never, I never kind of in the, Past times I've seen this, I never kind of knew what, like, yeah, what's the point of this scene? You know, it's kind of just ooky. And it only occurred to me this last time I saw it that I was almost like, I wonder if she's working through 
sexual abuse that happened to her or something mm. like earlier in her life. And maybe that's why she only wants to be with women later in life, you know, because I mean, obviously you see in her real life that is who she's with. But watching this part again, I got I got those vibes or something. I don't know if that's. Um. Yeah, True. I was watching an analysis of it. So I guess the director in this scene later in the movie, she they in her real life, she mentions that she did work on a movie with a director named so and so. And that's the director's name in this scene. So in her yeah. fantasy, this is the director of her first movie. Mm. Yeah. Um, she has this amazing audition with this older guy who's really predatory and everybody in the room is blown away. Mm hmm. Except for the director, who immediately like gives her notes on how to improve it, which I just thought was really funny. Yeah. But then looking back, they were like, oh, that was commentary on how like this director can't recognize the talent that she has. That's extremely obvious to everyone else in the room. Right. Oh, that's interesting. So again, yeah, it's kind of that. like playing into her fantasy about why she was not successful in Hollywood, despite... Yeah. Her overwhelming and yeah. obvious talent. This scene is some of the best acting I've ever seen at all. It Seriously. was, I was, I'm so blown away by Nomi watching this yeah. scene. It was so crazy good. Yeah. They find Diane Selwyn's dead body. They don't know what to make of it. They go home and have sex with each other. Um, you know, it's funny. Yeah. The sex scene. Um, I didn't think they were going to, I didn't know what was happening. I, for some reason, thought they, weren't gonna have sex i don't know i just i just didn't see that coming so all of a sudden and like i was telling you i'm like this seems like it's like a the acting quality and the set this is like a set up like a porn movie or something and then <laughs> yeah. they start like making I'm like oh they're, they're going for it i didn't realize this would be oh i wasn't prepared for this I yeah i wasn't ready it's all a fantasy inside her mind hmm. uh and they actually were lovers in real life Rita wakes up speaking Spanish in a trance and wants to go somewhere at two in the morning. It's a place called Club Silencio. No high banda. It is all a tape. As Rocco famously quoted at the beginning of this podcast, yeah. Club Silencio has this really interesting, uh, and I think it's cool just on its own. I remember this from when I saw the movie the first time, this whole like performance that, Everything in this club is recorded. It's a tape. Even though it sounds like a live band, it's not. They have a trumpet player come out. Yeah. But then he just stops playing the trumpet and the music goes on. And they're like, it's all a recording. Love this scene, too. It all just feels like, like I said, dream logic. Yeah, this is where I was fucking mad. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. I feel mm -hmm. like this scene's artistic just when you're watching a movie. I think that there's a commentary to be drawn outside of the story. Yeah. There's an even more meta thing where you watch a movie and you have an emotional response to it. Yeah. But the movie's fake. Yeah. That it's sure. all constructed. It's not real. Like you're having a real emotional response to something that didn't actually happen. Yeah. It's yeah. Recorded. That's not something that's explicitly, I feel like a part of this movie, but that's something I took away from it. Totally. When, when Naomi Watts and the other girl are watching this singer come out and she sings this beautiful song and they start crying and you almost want to start crying. It's such a beautiful scene. Yeah. And then the singer just collapses, but the song keeps on going and it's like, she's not fucking singing it. I'm watching a movie. None of right. this is ha really happening. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I want to cry cause they're crying, but they're not really crying. They're, they're actors. Right. So, you know, yeah, it's pretty deep. Um, at the end of that scene, where are we now? <laughs> I don't know, man. Naomi Watts starts convulsing. Uh, they find a purse. They pull out a blue box. The blue, the blue key opens up the blue box, and inside they go. And then the end. <laughs> but it's not the end. The I honestly was annoyed 
because it was like I was kind of interested in where the story was going. I was starting to piece things together, so I thought. Yeah, and but you weren't. <laughs> actually, I wasn't. And then to have it so like taken away from me, and now it's this whole other story, and I'm like, I don't even want to think about what's happening anymore because I'm so annoyed <laughs> that I spent all this effort trying to figure out what's happening before, and now yeah. it's this bullshit. Ugh. The movie honestly gets even weirder from this point on. Yeah. It does. Even though technically when you understand the movie, we've now left the fantasy and yeah. we've gone to reality. The way it's presented, it it even it appears to be even weirder. Yeah. Because we're so far into this movie, we're like two hours in this movie almost, and now all the characters have different names. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything's flopped. Yeah. Betty is now Diane. And Rita is Camilla? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, which yeah. is the name of that is the girl, right? That was And that was the name of the girl right. who they had to force Adam to cast in the movie, which yeah. by the way, we never mentioned it, but Camilla, the girl they want to force to be cast in the movie, looks like Betty. Right. Yeah. And then halfway through the movie, Rita dyes her hair so mm-hmm. that she looks like, like Betty. Betty. Yes. Yeah. And there's that whole scene where the director is forced to cast the girl and say, this is the girl. Otherwise, he'll see the cowboy again. We didn't even talk about this. Betty shows up randomly. Right. During the casting process. And he just seems weirdly obsessed with her. Yeah. He keeps looking over to her like, yeah. who are you? Right there. Yeah. But he can't talk to her and he has to go on with the casting process. Like he wants her, but he can't have her. And that reinforces the fantasy of he really wishes he could be with her, but mm-hmm. he's forced to go with somebody else. Um, Yeah, now we get all these like out of context scenes where Rita is in the movie. She's the girl it's, but, and she's Camila mm-hmm. and she's dating Adam and Betty is in the movie, but she's not Betty. She's Diane. And then we see Diane hanging out with the hitman. Yeah. And they're in Denny's. And the waitress who came up earlier with the name tag. Remember, we saw the name Diane and we remembered the name Diane Selwyn. Well, now her name tag says Betty. Right. What the fuck's going on? Exactly. We're all these names changing for. But I think that's where the fantasy began. Right. She's looking at this girl. Her name is. Betty and and it just all plays into her like if I could be someone else kind of thing like everything you're saying to me it is making more sense you said you'd be able to help me with, get through this movie <laughs> yeah. yeah on this episode yeah. and I feel like I'm understanding it more I'm not telling I don't think I'm liking it more I just am understanding it more yeah and and when I said earlier about this being a more one of his straightforward movies I don't mean that it's necessarily straightforward just you watch it once but this is one of his only ones that I feel like there is somewhat of a key to understanding it. Do you know what I mean? Like there's at least some form of explanation that kind of makes the thing mm-hmm. make sense. Um, Let me describe this next scene towards the end of the movie. Yeah. Betty slash Diane is on set and Adam, the director is on set as well with Rita slash Camilla, the brown haired girl. And he's they're in a car and he's directing how a kiss is going to be performed. Right. On Rita. And he's like, I'll show you how to do it to the actor. And he starts demonstrating as uh, Naomi Watts watches. Mm-hmm. You remember this scene? I do. Yes. Then he calls for the lights to be killed. Cut the lights. And we are back in the apartment. I'm going to read this verbatim. This is all like a dream now. The girls fight. Then Betty is crying and masturbating. Right. Dot, 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 LOL. Hi, Sean. How do you like the movie so far? <laughs> That's, those are my notes. 
When she was crying, I just thought she's definitely jerking off. There's no way that <laughs> I, I just knew off. the way that her arms were moving or something. I could just sense and it was getting so weird. I'm like, there's no way that she's definitely jerking off for sure. Yeah. That was one of the only scenes I had seen before because it was on USA Network once. Yeah. When I, uh, on TV and they uh, just pixelated. They they didn't cut the scene. They pixelated that? They just that? pixelated. Nice. And I'm like, I, th I mean, I think we all know what she's doing. Wow. Okay. Wow. Cool. USA yeah. Network's cool. <laughs> I think we can figure it out. Uh <laughs> God. All right. I'm going <laughs> to I'm just going to skip to the ending now cuz we've been going for a long time. I'm going to yeah. wrap it up here. I'm going to pull yeah. it all together. Sure. Cuz it gets even weirder. Uh there's a final scene where Naomi Watts is basically paying the hitman to go kill Camilla. Yeah. And he says, "When uh, when it's done, you'll find this key on the coffee table to signify, you know, that it's done." And it's a blue key. It's not the same blue key from earlier. But it is a blue key. But it's a different blue key and she asks the question, "What is the key open?" He kind of laughs. What does it open? Hey, 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 hey. Um, then we go behind. They're in the diner where the where the dumpster scene happened, and right. we go behind the diner back to that dumpster, and we see that dumpster man there again. Yeah, and he's like holding the little blue box, and he drops the little blue box on the ground. This is great. And what scuttles out of the little blue box? I'm afraid to ask. Little miniature versions of the old people that got off uh, at the airport with Betty yeah. two hours Didn't ago. Didn't even realize those are the same people. I thought they were old people. That's hilarious. They were those same old people. Mm. There you go. And okay. I'm still helping you out. <laughs> yeah. Then we cut to Diane, Betty, Naomi Watts, whatever you want to call, call her. She's hanging out at her house. She has the key there. There's a knock at the door. Who's at the door? It's the little tiny old people. They're so little, they come scuttling under the cracks in the door. Um, and then they're like haunting her. They're big now, and they're chasing yeah, her through a haunted part. house. It yeah. kind of feels like an old 80s music video. Yeah. Like, We're not gonna take it. <laughs> where your parents are coming to get you. <laughs> you don't understand, mom and dad. Uh, she basically goes into the back of the house and pulls out a gun and kills herself. And then they got the world's biggest fog machine to shoot fog out <laughs> yeah. from underneath the bed and yeah. fill the room with smoke. Mm -hmm. yep. Then it goes back to Club Silencio. Mm -hmm. And a woman with blue hair goes, Silencio. Yep. And the movie ends. Yeah. <sighs> cool. Silencio. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, that, that to me was... Uh, Yep. We did it. Mulholland Drive. We made it to the end. Yeah. Um, mm. I have always, now I will say what I interpreted that ending to be, all I ever thought it was is he, the blue key that he gave her was the sign that, you know, it happened. The hit happened. Right. In the real world, it's a blue house key, just a normal fucking key. Right. In her fantasy, it looks like a sci-fi object. Right. And what is that blue box? I always took it as her guilt. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe it's just that's that's like all her guilt. Everything is there. And she kind of almost has to lock away her real feelings and her real life and keep it in there because she can't take thinking about it anymore. And I think at the end, you're seeing, you know, I always thought like maybe the ugly 
homeless thing. Uh, maybe that's her, like the ugly side of her, kind of whatever. Mm. And when that box opens up, and the little, I always took it as those are maybe like her relatives, or or whatever they represent in real life, that are doing that thing. How are you doing? You know that that how are you doing in Hollywood? That kind of like expectation of like you know, oh, you moved to Hollywood, are you a movie star? Or you you know what I mean? Like the expectation that other people pile on you. I almost feel like that's one of the things, yet another thing she locked away and it all became too big. It all came out, it overwhelmed her and to fucking silence it, she had to she had to take herself out the game. Okay. That's yeah. how I always took it as, yeah. is it just all added up to too much and she had to, that was the only way to get quiet. I took it as, this is weird. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Let's do it. I say let's get down to the shakers. Well, um, oh, all I was going to say on, on that oh, note. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I think it's the, the movie's filled with symbolism. Yeah. So that homeless thing, I feel like it's all kind of, it's best to describe it in what symbolism it may represent as yeah. opposed to pinning it down. So Totally. That's how what's I What's inside that box? The ugly truth. Mm, the things you're sure. afraid to confront. That's how I took what, it. Kind what of, is yeah. that guy? He's the ugly truth, too. He's everything that is just hard to accept that, you know, her guilt and her shame. And yeah. it's the manifestation of her. It's uh, her psyche. I feel like every yeah. character in this movie is a different manifestation of Naomi Watts's psyche. Totally. Betty, Di the dead Diane, Camilla, the neighbor, the investigators, the mafia guys, Adam. They're all different personalities yeah. or facets of her own personality. And and some of them maybe are even yeah visually just someone she saw somewhere you know visually I mean Sean the when they're at that diner talking about the hit at the end the dude that was scared that had the yeah. heart attack he's just the guy standing at the I, register I noticed that yeah so that. maybe you know it's like yeah all these visual things representing bigger subjects in her mind okay so yeah I I was again the first time I watched it definitely didn't get that. But I really was just affected by its mood. And David Lynch taps into feelings. Even if the thing doesn't make sense, even if it doesn't, you know, add up in, in a logical way, he, he just has, there's something about, he taps into these dreamlike feelings. Like, like, oh, that's dream logic. Like, I've had dreams where I've thought this and this and this. You know, well, maybe not the same thoughts that she had, but mm. you know what I mean. They follow a logic in a way that I don't see any other director do. So that's what drew me to it. And then watching it again, it, that's when it clicked. Oh, yeah. Okay. I see what's going on. So all of that together, I was affected by it. Well, what do you give it? I'm afraid to ask. Is that what we're, are, okay, are we official shaker zone? Yeah, I think it's time. This is a five shaker for me. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. I get something new out of it every time I see it. Performances, as you said, incredible. Um, and again, it just evokes something I don't really see in other movies. Um, I watched it a hundred times, and I and I get something new out of it every time. I love it. Nice. This movie, on the first viewing, you know, maybe it makes more sense the second viewing. That probably will never happen for me. Although I do own the DVD, so maybe yeah, we're gonna watch it again. Maybe right I'll after watch this. it again someday. We'll do it today. Probably not. Uh, I would give it. 
I honestly would give it zero stars, but <laughs> Naomi Watts is so fucking good on it. I'm going to give it two. Two stars. Wow. And that's Bumping it up she, to two. She has a five shaker performance. Whoa. And no it's a zero movie. Making the movie a two <laughs> shaker movie. Very nice. You don't get anything more out of it now that we've talked about it, aside from the... It went from zero to two. Zero to two. That's incredible. Yeah, but you're talking performances. Yeah, sure know? am. And I'll zero stick with it. <laughs> uh, I'll give this four out of five shakers. Um, because even the first time I watched it, I didn't yeah. understand it, but I was not bored to the point of turning it off. Yeah, I was, I was confused. Sure. I, maybe I think it's a thing where like, I don't like feeling stupid. Sure, I don't. Sure, sure. And this movie makes you feel dumb and Definitely. I'm just not into that. See, like, it's not entertaining to me. Now I'm going to tell you something just about myself. Rarely do I feel stupid watching a movie. Hmm. If I don't get the movie... I don't get it, but that's not because I'm stupid. Yeah, that's a, the movie failed to convey its message to yeah. me. Right, I get that. I think that's a that's a deeper issue that I should look into as opposed to just in, you know, yeah. in life, not just I, movie watching. Yeah, for, maybe, maybe. I think for me, when I have those feelings, I have a lot of faith in you know a famous director like David Lynch. I don't think he's some idiot, you know. So when I have that feeling, and I and I did when I first watched this, I kind of did, but I was like, no, he's saying something. I'm gonna figure. I'm gonna fucking figure it out hmm. and and again i already liked the mood of the movie and i just felt like there's more here there's more here and watching it that second well, time it was like can oh. i finish my review yes uh, four shakers because i do think the first time is it's hard to sure. consume but you there's something to get you along there you know the sure. scenes we describe the homeless person scene the theater scene but yeah. i do think once you kind of if you take the time to look into it, get a breakdown of the movie or an explanation of what you saw, I appreciate a movie that you can watch the second time and yeah. get a completely different experience. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Sure. Um, I think, yeah, now that we've had this conversation, if you ever did watch the movie again, you would not have the same experience you had the first that time. That is 100% totally. true. Maybe totally. you wouldn't like the movie better, but you would definitely watch it with different eyes. And I think yeah. that's... A I pretty cool that. thing for sure. a movie. So yeah, I give sure. it four out of five. That's why it's so special to me, everything you just said. I agree sure. with you. Yeah. And I'm not saying you guys are wrong for thinking it's great. I just don't get it. No, you I'm just not you, smart enough to I never get said it. it was great. I was very honest. Well, four Shakers yeah. is a pretty good I score. think that that's a cool thing to accomplish with a movie. Sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think at the, uh, at the end of the day, it probably is great, but I hadn't set it up until this moment. Sure, Sorry. sure. Yeah, sure. But, well, Derek, you are the next pick so what do you have in store for us i hope it's not as fucking weird and long uh, i hope it is you know i just want to wash the taste out of well really sean's mouth Thank i feel you. like he's the one stuff so i'm gonna give him a palate cleanser just mm. for you okay a movie called creep we're gonna watch creep 2014 creep mark duplass cool. movie i've never seen or heard of creep I'm sure it's lighthearted fun mark duplass is great Dude, I like mark nothing duplass. like maholan drive mm. Okay. Well, we will check out air. Creep, and we'll see you next week on Movie Club. Be sure to creep on back next week. Oh. Kind of fun to say that, Come right? Come back hey. for Creep. Derek. Silencio. I'm a weirdo. That's a shitty movie What the hell am I doing here?